pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Hey, welcome to The Mindful Dog podcast. And it's the 3rd of May and it's now time to catch up with our latest dog behavioural session on the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk with Roman Travers. Roman Travers. Magic Talk. Oh, get in behind. It's dog time. I love this time of the morning. It's Darren Rowe, who's a, a dog behaviourist from Mindfulness for Dogs, all the way from Cambridge, kind of, on the phone. G'day, Darren. Good morning, Roman. Great to be on the show again, mate. Oh, I've got to tell you, before we go on, I've got to say, I think I've met the second best breed of dog in the world yesterday. That can't be true, surely. I know. Well, I don't. Want, I hope the border terriers aren't listening, but I have to say that you coming in a... You've lost your fan base. I know. Coming in a close second is the Italian greyhound. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. They kind of look like yeah. a... They look like a cat that kind of... It's small, but it's um, a lovely yeah. little, lovely little dog. Lots and lots of people, Darren, are going out and buying dogs. Why is that? They are. Um, I think it's um, a symptom of being locked down in, in the house and then suddenly realising that they don't have any friends, maybe, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and they don't have that special person to share their um, their life with. So there's been a, yeah, a huge boost. I've had so many people phoning up, like, a lot more than would normally happen around this time, to be honest, um, with new puppies, which is great, I guess, for the puppy world. Yeah, we'll come on to that a bit later on because I know it's something you want to rip into. If you do have a mm. question for Darren Rowe, you might recognise Darren. He's been on the telly, he's on the AM show. Yeah. We made him famous is here on the Sunday Cafe um, and we really appreciate your time. The number here to speak with Darren, 0800 844 747. So let's talk about preparing your dogs when we come out of lockdown. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, well, most people didn't really think about it when they went into lockdown. Um, but if you think about your dogs, most dogs were used to either probably going to daycare perhaps or being at home by themselves and having that whole freedom to do what they want, you know, bark at the neighbour's cat if they want to, bark at anyone walking past. Um, but basically not have human contact all day. And what's happened over the last sort of four or five weeks, I guess, is that we've suddenly now got everybody in the house. We've got all the kids wanting to play with the dogs. So, I mean, some of the dogs are out there for like three or four walks, maybe even five or six walks a day, mm. which is not the norm. Um, and all that massive attention on, on the dog, um, which wasn't there before. Mm. Now, dogs are habitual animals, so they're going to have got used to that attention. And suddenly what's going to happen is we're going to just strip that away when, mm. um, you know, the government say we go back to work and it gets back to normal. And that's, that's a really a good point. It will be a shock. Yeah. Actually, it'll be a shock for the owners as well because you, you become very attached <laughs> to your dog, don't you? But I wonder yeah. if more workplaces will allow you to take your dogs to work. Well, that would be an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, that would be great. I know there are um, increasing numbers of uh, um, companies. I suppose normally the, the animal-related ones, like the SPCA, let you... Um, Certain people, I guess, bring their dogs to uh, mm. to work and stuff like that. So that would be good. That would be really good. All right. As long as they're happy and socialised dogs, I guess. But and don't go peeing on the desks. That's, you know, because yeah, I know that dogs, know. if someone's peed somewhere, not someone, if a dog has peed somewhere, every <laughs> dog will pee there, right? Yeah, well, it's because we can never really clean it up enough to um, for the dog not to smell it because mm. their nasal um, cells are obviously way more sensitive. They've got way more um, than we have. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a really hard one. The only If you've got a little dog at home and they pee on the carpet, the best thing you can do really is just take the carpet up because it's always going to be a, a fighting and uh, losing battle really in that sense. Yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to really pick on though, Roman, was that we need to be preparing now. If we've got maybe two, three weeks before we come out or onto um, alert level two, we need to be preparing our dogs now. It's, it's too late to do it when we go into alert level three, uh, two. So we need to start separating ourselves from our dogs a little bit now mm. and, and putting them by themselves. If you think about it, it's taken, it's taken four weeks to get into a new routine. If we can now start to change that routine now um, and slowly maybe leave them for 30 minutes a day, 
put them outside or, or you go away, go for your walk, but not with your dog. So, so when you're doing your, your 30 walks a day with your dog, maybe 15 of those are just you and yeah. the dog stays at home. And that will start to sort of build that separation again. Otherwise, we're going to have dogs barking their heads off when you leave. We're going to have neighbours complaining. We're going to have all sorts of problems. And I think people just need to be really tolerant of the next couple of weeks. Well, Darren, we let's go back to that two. comment you made about the frequency of walking. You've got dogs who have possibly only walked once a day, now being walked every every five minutes yeah. by every family member. Can you overdo that with a dog? Oh, certainly, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, if a dog's not really been walking or doesn't have a lot of walks normally, they're not going to be incredibly fit. Mm. So suddenly we're now, we're making those dogs either, uh, we're either putting a lot of stress on their bones and stuff and that's causing issues, or we've, in, we've made our dogs incredibly fit. Mm. Either way, it's not a good thing in some ways because if we've got a dog that's now suffering from sort of pains in their joints, that needs to be looked at. But if we've got a dog that is now super fit when it wasn't before and we suddenly take all that fitness away from them, yeah. then that's even worse, isn't it? They're going to be craving for that that sort of um, that run and that walk. Look, there are so many breeds of dogs out there. When people go and choose a dog, it's often because it's to flatter them and make them look cool. There are certain breeds you, you could probably look to avoid, and I know you won't like this, but there are breeds that have hereditary hip dysplasia or issues that you really are going to run into problems with later in life, not your life, the dog's life. Are there certain breeds you would avoid? Um, not so much certain breeds. I think there's certain ways that you can deal with a puppy because it all stems from when you've got the puppy, really. So if you um, exercise for a puppy is really important. We need to make sure that we don't over-exercise. Now, I've had um, clients that have said that they've, they've got a small puppy. The bigger breeds tend to suffer a little bit more, I will say, but they've had their puppy and they're running it in the field for 15, 20 minutes every day off-lead. That's not going to help the puppy at all because the growth plates mm. in their joints don't form until they're a lot older mm. and you're going to end up with all sorts of problems, really. So it's more a matter of how you deal with your puppies yep. um, when they're young to to whether they have hip dysplasia. Now, there are certain um, dogs that are, are more um, open to that kind of thing, um, but you need to check your breeders. They tend to hip score them. Um, I think there's a better version of that now um, that most breeders are doing. I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, okay. Well, it is that time when people are starting to look at dog breeds and whether they'll order one or not. John Budge, my executive producer here, he's very yeah. excited. He's got a, a puppy ordered. What's What are the do's and don'ts when it comes to getting a puppy? <clears throat> Yeah, so first of all, you do your research and you make sure that breed, again, is the breed that works for you, not just the prettiness. Um, uh, and that's really important. It's got to work for your lifestyle. So if you're a couch potato, there's no point going and buying a greyhound, is there really? No. <laughs> Definitely no. not. Um, so, so make sure that works. And you can, there's, there's many websites that you can do you can do your research. Some um, dogs online, um, I think it's called a Z, is a, um, probably a really good one. You've also got access to all the breeders and everything there as well. Um, so that's a really good one to start with. Um, then... Once you once you've kind of picked your dog and you know which one you're going for and you've got the right breeder and you've secured your dog like John there, um, when you go and get it, it's <laughs> this is the most important time when you pick your dog up. Yeah? So make sure they're secured in your car because you don't want to start any fear-based um, associations from the second you get there, really, do you, mm. um, and driving home. And a lot of dogs really suffer in the car. I had a client that was um, talking about a dog puking up in the car because she had a two-hour journey going to pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to, you know, that age, eight weeks old, that's really going to affect the dog from that point onwards. So make sure they're secure. Have a little crate in there or have someone, you know, don't just let them bounce around on the on the um, seats and stuff like that. It's not good for them. No. And then when you when you get them home, the first thing you do, you pick them up, you take them straight through the house and you take them straight out to where they go to the toilet. Don't let them put their feet on the carpets or anything because as soon as they drop their feet down, they're going to need the loo. 
And ah. if the first thing they feel is grass when they go to the toilet in your new house, your new house then that's where they're going to want to go. Gee, is that right? really important, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. People bring them in, they run around, and then they have a pee on the carpet, and then it's just a losing battle from that point onwards. <laughs> Darren, one of the problems with dog breeders is that they love their dog so much, and they'll always say to you, now, before I sell you this puppy, there's going to be someone at home all the time isn't there, and we all lie through <coughs> our teeth and say, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Is it is it enough to put a hot water bottle under a blanket and have the radio going in the background, or what else can you do when you're away? I'm certainly not a hot Certainly not a hot water bottle. Unfortunately, oh. puppies are into chewing. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine if they're chewing that, then suddenly they get a mouthful of hot water. That's not really going to be a good start for them. No, no. So I wouldn't do that one. But you can buy these. Um, you can buy different toys. Um, Brand-wise, there's one I tend to use, which is Kong, which is just those little um, sort of red ones. And then mm. you can buy lovely blue and pink ones. And you basically fill them with treats. And the dogs chew. Now, when, when a puppy gets anxious when you leave them, um, they like to chew. And if they can chew something that's more important... Uh, Choose something that's appropriate, shall we say, rather than your furniture. It's much better for you. Uh, but when they chew, they actually release lots of sort of happy drug, happy hormones, and it kind of just makes them much happier, and then they fall asleep and then they chill out. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, very Definitely good. Buy those sort of things. Lots of chew toys, anything, but not, not really wood and things like that because that tends to splinter. Certainly not the um, cooked bones. A lot of people throw down the bones, and I wouldn't go with the rawhide. Those rawhides tend to um, unravel, and sometimes puppies, it's very rare, but sometimes puppies can swallow that and it gets stuck. Good Lord. Okay, more advice yeah. in a moment. And also, I'll be joined by someone from Purina to talk about free weekly training for your new puppy, which is always a good thing. We're shortly going to be joined by Sophie from Purina. She's a pet care advisor. Oh, she's with us now. G'day, Sophie. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you, Roman. How are you? Very well indeed. I think it's really cool that you guys have leapt on and done something a little bit different for people. You've got some free weekly online training. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we're doing um, training weekly and it's covering different topics. So we've got live chats with different professionals. Um, and last week we had one with Dr. Alex about assessing your pet's health at home. Okay, all right. What are some of the things in your experience, Sophie, that you're seeing people do wrong? You know, what's the most common thing you're hearing? So it's a good idea to get to know your pet's normal. So it can be easy, you know, if you're not regularly checking during the grooming sessions, um, it can be really easy to overlook some really early changes to their normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So keep- Go on. So if you're keeping on top of looking at sort of their digestion, so when you're cleaning up after them, any changes to the regularity or appearance of their stools, uh, looking at their skin, coat and eyes, their joint health, so seeing how they're moving, picking up any early changes there, mm-hmm. their immune system, are they looking bright and full of energy, their dental health and their body condition, are they a healthy weight? So if you're looking at these things regularly, you will pick up early changes. Yeah. That makes sense. Sophie Lyon here from Purina with some great advice. What about body conditions? Not just dogs, we're talking cats as well, aren't we? About body condition, how can I tell if my pet is a healthy weight? Yeah, that's a great question. So with both cats and dogs, you're looking for a weight, an abdominal tuck behind where the waist is. But just behind the ribs, you should almost be able to see their ribs and they should be easy to feel. So if you are struggling to feel the ribs, then they're overweight. If your pet needs to lose weight, you need to either reduce their food, increase their exercise, or both. Yeah, it makes sense. You were talking before about the healthy condition, the eyes, the coat. What does a healthy anything look like? We get used to seeing a dog, and sometimes their health diminishes over the years, and we just get used to that. So give me some pointers on that. 
Yeah, so with the skin, it should be free from any redness, inflammation, parasites and scurf. Scurf is like the equivalent of dandruff in us. The eyes should be bright, clear, free from any discharge, and the coat should be glossy and free from any mats. Mm. Some of our long-haired breeds will need regular grooming to keep their coat looking their best. I know I've got a Border Collie at home. He's got a very thick, long coat, and it requires quite a lot of maintenance. Yeah, I can imagine. Darren, you've got some long-headed, do- long-headed, long-haired yeah. dogs, haven't you? I have. I've got Irish setters and Border Collies as well, so, yeah, plenty of grooming going there. I actually, um, I've defaulted now to sending them to a groomer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have. It can be worthwhile. Sophie, just <laughs> let's look inside the dog a bit more, and I mean that quite literally. Looking at the teeth, how do we know if the teeth are getting to a point where they need a vet to work on them? Yeah, this is a really important one. So there are things that you can do at home to help sort of prevent them getting to that point. So feeding a dry food helps to keep their teeth clean. Mm -hmm. Dental chews are great at cleaning their teeth with an abrasive mechanical action. And like you say, it can be easy to see their incisors when they're panting or yawning, but you can be surprised when you actually look at their molars, there can be a bit of tartar back there. So if you're up for it, you can train your pet to get used to having their teeth brushed. And it's a really good idea to get them used to having their teeth checked as part of your grooming routine. Okay. This is great. I love the fact that you can do this all from lockdown in your bubble. How do people get in, involved with this advice and, and the free weekly online training, Sophie? Yeah, so at Purina we do have a team of vet nurses available. If you have any questions, you can give us a call on 0800 738 847. Email us at askpurina at mm-hmm. What You can head to our Purina New Zealand Facebook page and get involved with our Better With Pets campaign to access all of our training videos. Yeah, nice one. Sophie, we all have our favourite breeds, don't we? What sort of dog or cat do you have? So I've got a Border Collie. And oh, you said that, bitten. sorry. Yeah. Yes, just a normal domestic short-haired cat. Oh, nice. Yeah, I miss having a bit of a moggy or even just a dog to walk. But, hey, thank you so much for your time. That's Sophie Leon there uh, from Purina. Darren, the, the things that um, I know that vets talk about a lot is is oral oral decay. What are some of the foods that you should avoid giving your, your dog? <coughs> um, I think it's more of a balanced diet. I don't think there's really anything that you should avoid um, uh, Food-wise, I think it's um, it's really about making sure that the your dog gets a balanced diet. And you can go to many websites. I mean, there's there's raw food, there's kibble food, there's all sorts of things. But most of the websites and some of these have a um, kind of plan there of making sure that you actually give the dog everything they need. There's a whole set of vitamins and things like that. And some foods preserve, uh, serve that better than others, if that makes sense. So it's just making sure that you're actually filling all the criteria that the dog needs. I know that Perino, I know that um, some of the Royal Cannon, all those kind of things, they have those things on the website you can go to and find out. Mm. And it's just making sure that the food you're doing, I think when you when you provide your own food, I know a lot of people feed their dogs scraps and stuff, there's a lot of things there that are lacking and, and you could that comes out in the coat and in the joints. It may not necessarily be the thing that you see in the dog and I know I'm overstepping my mark in terms of nutrition here but um, quite often you don't see the ramifications of not giving that puppy or that dog the, uh, the, the things they need mm. it comes out later when they get older and I think that's the important thing to remember yeah alright we've already touched on the fact that so many people are now looking to buy a puppy in lockdown and yeah. it's a lovely thing to be able to do so you've, you've talked about the importance of doing things right from the time you get them home how do you prevent yeah. that unwanted behaviour 
Yeah, so, so the first thing we do, and I know a lot of people sort of struggle with this idea, but we give the puppy a bedroom, okay? Now, I'm not talking, you know, the, the master bedroom with the ensuite or anything like that. We, we basically buy a crate and we buy a pen, and, and we give them an area within our front room or the room that we, or the place that we want them to be in the majority of the time, and we always have indoor dogs, um, and outdoor dogs, obviously, but in both. But we give them an area, and that's where they tend to live when we can't supervise them. And it's a really important one because then they're not in our feet. They're not going off and running around trying to find things and, and getting in trouble unless we have them on the lead and they're out. And people struggle with that. They give the puppy the whole house or the whole of uh, a massive great front room and then they get themselves in trouble. They pee in the corner, they chew the food and then you're fighting a losing battle bringing it back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get that pen set up. We call it a puppy bedroom because it doesn't sound like a prison. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. 24 past nine, if you'd like to ask Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs a question, you can, 0800 844 747. Darren, when you go into a family situation, and I know I've said this to you before, I've always thought there was like a, a top dog, and that might be the, the, the mother or the father in the family. Then you've got all the kids dragging the dog around by its tail and having fun with it. Everyone's got different commands. Is it important to have everybody singing from the same command book? Yeah, certainly with a younger dog, um, the capacity to learn is obviously lower than an older dog. So you need to be really consistent in the things that you teach. The first thing I do when we've got our little puppy preschool people is we sit down and we say, what commands are you going to use? And make sure everybody knows how to use those. And, and it's just down to the behaviours that you accept from the dog and the ones you don't. You've got to make sure that everybody can actually follow through with that consistently. Mm. And, and I draw a line at five, year, five years and below sometimes a little bit older, because you can't really let a five-year-old or or a three- or four-year-old take responsibility for someone who's really a similar age. It's not really fair on either of them. So that's when parents need to step up and say, no, if I'm going to let my dog interact with the children, then I'm going to be supervising that child all the time. Because two reasons, I don't want my dog to hurt my child, but secondly, I don't want my child to inadvertently um, change the behaviour of my dog, because Mm. they will, because they're, they're, you know... They're young kids as well, aren't they, like puppies? So. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <clears throat> 3920 for a text, 0800 844 747 if you'd like to ask Darren a question. You know how we sometimes like to think we're still active? Oh, yep, I'm pretty active, and you're not. You've been sitting watching Netflix for the last month. The importance of choosing the breed that's right for you, even if you do have a big property, if you're not active, just forget it, right? Yeah, totally. And and again, you know, having a great big property and having a dog running around outside by itself all the time is great for the dog, but it's not really going to be very good for um, the relationship between you and your dog. Your dog's not going to want to do anything with you. In fact, it's probably less likely to do things with you because it's got way more things outside it can do by itself. Mm. So when you come to <clears throat> take it to a park sorry, and then do a recall, it's just not going to want to come back to you at all. So yeah, really important. Yeah, okay. I just yeah. yeah, I just really feel sorry for the big huskies and the, the Welsh border collies when they're yeah, they're not with someone who's actually able to go for a long walk or they're living in an apartment. It just seems nuts to me. Yeah, and, and I think people underestimate the the um, mental stimulation that you need to give a dog. And if you've got a breed a working breeding dog or sorry, working dog breed mm-hmm then you need to really think about how you're going to mentally stimulate the dog because, to be fair, a Border Collie, just taking a Border Collie for a walk along the road, isn't really going to do it for a Border Collie. It's, they're going to end up building up all sorts of anxieties about having to chase the cars and having to organise the world. So, so yeah, it's really about that mental stability and, and the more the working, the more breed, sorry, the more the working breed it is, mm. the more mental stimulation they're going to need. So, yeah, that, that's probably something that most people forget completely. Speaking of mental... Anxiety. 
Yeah, speaking of mental stimulation, Angela has texted in. G'day, Darren. Can you please tell me about my blue border collie? She's a year old. We live on a farm, but when she's let out, she's continually running around the house at full speed to the point that she's made a track in the lawn. Thanks, Angela. Yeah, thank you very much, Angela, for um, texting in. Um, border collies, obviously, I know them quite well, but they're very um, habitual, and, they, and they, they tend to get locked in routines. It's normally a boredom thing. Um, and it will be again down to that mental stimulation and what they've done is they've got locked into that sort of routine and and it's giving them a self sort of um, positivity thing so the more they do it the more they enjoy it and therefore they keep doing it it's not really very good for them because it's um, it's like chasing the tail it's the same kind of thing you want to get in there and interrupt that Um, so go out there and hold the collar um, play with the toy and try and break that pattern because that's the same kind of thing as dogs chasing shadows and all those kind of things they just keep doing it over and over and over again and if they go the same way they can put wear and tear on certain parts of the body which is not very good either is that an indication that sometimes we're leaving the dogs to do their own exercise and so they just go off and do their own thing yeah, quite possibly, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've got a, a problem, well, not a problem, but we've got a thing in New Zealand where we kick the dogs outside and, and they're out there all day and then we want them to love us afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, we do need to be a little bit more involved with our dogs if we want good behaviour. It's, it's the same thing, isn't it? If we've got kids and we ignore them all day, they're not going to be respectful of us. Yeah, 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 true. You can't leave your kids outside all day. Um, Joe yeah. has texted in on 3920. Hi, it's not enjoyable to take my dog for a walk as all he does is sniff the floor. He never looks where he's going. Any tips, says Joe. Um, it'd be interesting to know what type of dog. Um, mm. Some dogs prefer sniffing um, more than others. I tend to um, let my dog sniff at the very beginning of the walk when we when we leave our property because that's their domain, and I don't let them sniff anywhere else until they come back. That's my rule, um, mainly because I don't want my my back jarred out. But um, <clears throat> what you can do is about that focus back on you. So so in the house, I would be constantly trying to get my dog to be looking at me, and I'd be walking around the house with my dog. Um, looking at me and encouraging that sort of, hey, I'm up here. You can also use harnesses, and, and we talked about harnesses with um, little Izzy there, and that can tend to lift the dog up. The problem if we've got the dog on the um, the lead on the collar and we start pulling the collar up, then they just pull down even more and we encourage the sniffing down. But it, certain breeds, like if I had a um, like a beagle or a bloodhound, um, I probably wouldn't bother trying to overcome that because it's so ingrained in the dog's behaviour that it's you know, going to be a hard one. But, yeah, harnesses and encouraging the dog to look at you and having something for your dog, not just walking aimlessly down the road with your dog. I feel so sorry for dogs. They've got such sensitive noses. The things they must yeah. smell going through a, a town, you know, must be incredible. Darren, how do people catch up oh. with you? Because someone might want to get you around to work one-on-one with their dog. Yeah, that's right, and we're, we're hopefully back up open for uh, one-to-ones very soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, you can find me on my Facebook page, um, just t- uh, type in Mindfulness for Dogs, or it's just Facebook and m for dogs mm. or you can find me on my website, mindfulnessfordogs.com, and you can join in with my five-day Mindfulness for Dogs Challenge, which is a free challenge to oh. help you to transition your dog from lockdown to normal life. Oh, sounds great. I might go and buy a dog. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Darren, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, one day I will get that border terrier of my dreams again. Thank you. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.